0: This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. Like, gets me so hyped. Gets me so hyped. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Heroic Council. I am your host today. My name is Jeff Gibbard, and you can tune in for the Heroic Council every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I'm joined today by fellow council members, Parshall Tashi, Tim Uley, and Sarah O'Hannison. I also have a special guest today in Phil Gerbyshack. Welcome, Phil. Nice to see you. Um, Hey, Hey, what's up? Pretty rad. Pretty rad. Um, Let's see. Uh, Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform if you're the sort that likes to do the podcast thing. If not, you can always join us live on YouTube, on Facebook, or on Sarah's LinkedIn. She's the one we have connected through LinkedIn Live. And uh, you can find links to absolutely everything that we do by going to superheroinstitute.org slash heroic. Just put it up on the screen right there. Boom, boom. There it is. All right. And uh, we're gonna get started. So here we are today, we have a guest, Phil Gerbyshack. and today we're gonna be talking about content marketing strategy. Uh, and we're gonna be doing a live content marketing strategy right here with Phil. Before we get started, Phil, do everyone a favor and let them know who you are, what you do, and what your unique superpower is.
1: Sure, so my unique superpower is connection. Connecting people to other people, connecting people to ideas and the concepts and tech that they need to power their business. That's my superpower. What do I do? I do sales. So that's sales training, sales speaking, sales coaching. I have a sales podcast, uh, sales process, sales design. If it smells like sales, I can probably help you with it. That's what I do.
0: That is absolutely fantastic. All right, so we've got you. You're in the world of sales. Today, we're gonna be doing a content marketing strategy live for all to see. This is uh, the process by which you can build a content strategy. So if you're tuning in and you're not in sales, you can follow the exact same process that we're going to be doing today. And all of the council members are gonna be participating in today's episode and asking Phil a bunch of different questions that are gonna get us to the things that we need to be able to develop a content marketing strategy for Phil right here, right now. So I'm gonna start out by turning it over to Tim. Tim, why don't you start by asking Phil some of the introductory questions that we need to find out so that we can build him a content strategy.
2: Sure thing, Jeff. Hey, Phil. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hey, um, what's up, Tim? Uh, not much. So just a little bit about me. Um, I have a background. I've been doing video photography and UX design for over the last 10 years. Um, and uh, some, one of the first things that I typically do when I'm uh, chatting with somebody about the content that they're looking to develop is it's really important for me to find out like, what are your goals? Like, what are you really trying to accomplish? And I know you mentioned before we got started here that like, this is perfect timing. So I'm assuming that you have something in mind, like a goal that you're trying to reach or, or some strategy that you're trying to execute right now.
1: Yeah, so the goal is to kind of fill my bucket full of uh, agency owners, consultants, folks that need some sales help. Maybe they've been selling on their own for a long time, or maybe they're like, boy, I need to pull out and create something repeatable. Those type of people are the people that I want to help, that I want to talk to, uh, that I want to work with, that I want to fill my uh, bucket up with, because A, those are the people that energize me the most, and B, those are the people that I can help the most. i played in the agency world myself. I just because I get sales doesn't mean I don't get marketing, right? I I love marketing as well. I see them as two complementary pieces, but often agency owners and consultants don't necessarily feel the same way. They think, oh yeah, I'm great at marketing, but sales is a little bit scary. So I can help with that. Uh, I can make that a lot less less intimidating.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, Sarah, you want to follow up on that?
3: Definitely. Um, so are there any specific metrics that you're trying to accomplish? Um, and then do you have a window of time in which you're trying to accomplish that? You know, a year, three months, maybe you can speak to that a bit.
1: Boy, good good question, right? So uh, I guess, I'd pro- you know, first metric would be to probably get, you know, a hundred people uh that uh, you know my first 100 subscribers my first 100 fans my first 100 people uh that are interested that want to have a conversation that want to be part of you know part of learning more um and i'd say yeah probably in nine, within 90 days but honestly you know the quicker the better right if we could do that in 30 days that'd be great i'm also realistic enough to know i'm not uh, you know i'm not i'm not for everybody i don't think anybody is so it might take a little bit longer uh because you know i'm a little bit a little bit different than than other mm-hmm other folks, right? I'm not a high ticket closer. I'm not a big time uh, lead generation folk. You see a lot of those uh, out there. Uh, My goal is the messy middle, right? To help uh, from, oh yes, I'm interested to, oh boy, now I can make them a good offer. So uh, yeah, but that would be the first metric, I guess. Second metric uh, to that point would be, you know, to get one sale, right? To make one sale of one person uh, to join, kind of join the paid tribe, if you will. Um, but 100 initials, uh, one you know, one percent conversion uh, to that. I think that's fair, and that's my goal. Hmm. Cool, Can I, I wanna ask
0: you a question on that just to dig in a little bit deeper on that. Um, yeah. so you mentioned bringing in, um, you know, filling your bucket with agency owners and consultants who need sales help. Um, and you you talked about getting your first hundred subscribers or fans. Can you talk a little bit before we go deeper into some other areas, what is it exactly that you're offering? You know, who? Um, how, you know, are they masterminds of a certain size? Is it like an online community? What are you charging to get into it? Like help paint the picture for us so that we know what we're selling.
1: Yeah, great question. So, I uh, you know initially, uh, probably some sort of actually unpaid just interaction, maybe a Facebook group. It's it's not a, to be honest, Jeff, it's not up yet. So that's the whole goal, right? To offer get something up uh, fairly quickly. Once I have a content strategy, because I'm one of those people that I, I understand the value of cold calling, but I also understand the fact that I got to give value, right? If Jeff, if you're gonna take my call, man, I'm gonna have some value for you. Uh, So I want to make sure that I have something of value so that if you say not right now, which is often what a no really means that I can say, okay, Jeff, well, we can still hang out. We can still, I can still help you maybe just not directly. So yeah, that's it.
0: Got it got it okay so right now it's still in a lot of ways uh, this initiative is something that's under development. so what you're looking to do just to recap making sure I understand you're looking to build out a community of people that are interested in learning more about sales they're learning to maybe uh, get some tips and tricks and things out of your methodology and way of approaching things for the uh, for the hope of eventually converting those people into paid members of either you know either an upgraded paid group or becoming direct clients of
1: yours. That's right. Yep, that's right. One, yeah, either one on one coaching or kind of a one to many, I really do enjoy the one on one, I think I can help, in many cases, the most, if it's more direct like that, um, though, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I haven't seen a, a fantastic group mastermind that's really lit me up. So maybe
2: I just need to make one. Mm. Can, Got can it. I ask one more follow up question to that, Jeff? Sure, of course. Thanks. Um, so just to confirm. Um, What you're working on right now is in training uh, people on the sales. So uh, uh, like when when your when your training would be useful is when I'm already in a position where I'm talking to somebody and I'm looking to now sell them. Is that does that sound right?
1: Yeah. Either that or you're like, uh, so if you own an agency now and you've made some sales, but you want more of a repeatable process to to duplicate, right? So Jeff's let's pretend, right? Jeff or Sarah's already my client, right? I want to make more Jeff and Sarah's. How do I do that? What do I, how do I make that happen? That's where I can help, right? I can, I can help you a multiplier. Awesome.
0: Got it. Got it. All right. Sweet. So that, I think that generally kind of covers what we're looking for here so we've got a general idea of what it is you're looking to accomplish we have a general idea of the timeline you're looking to do it and kind of what you're selling at this point in time partial do you want to take it from here
4: yeah i have a few questions too um, can you talk a little bit about how you are like what your current content activity is are you currently trying to produce content and
1: um how's that going um so yeah so i currently have a podcast um, where I talk to a lot of folks. It's called Conversation with Phil. I probably do it, I don't know, once or sometimes twice a week. Uh, one audio episode drops, but I do a video uh, once or twice a week. And then also I've got uh, the Inside Sales Show, which is in pre-launch. Actually, that will help um, have more kind of sales strategies, sales insights, sales tactics with more uh, professional salespeople to be even more helpful. And that I've got um, I'm working on the, that website right now. I've got probably 40 episodes ready to rock when that's ready. Um, I haven't written much. And I haven't busted up any of those episodes yet. Um, you know, I have Otter and things like that to convert it from video or audio into text to help me with that. Um, but I'm also not super graphically inclined. So I'm also um, open to whatever you have to say about speedy graphics. I mean, I've used Canva. I'm just not, I'm not uh, I can't start from a white page and give you a great graphic, right? I need I need some help to, to move past that.
4: Okay. Gotcha. And then in terms of the resources that you have available, so what would you say that you have in terms of like, like budget? Is this something you're looking to, you just mentioned getting some graphics help and things like that. Like, what do you have, um, you know, what sort of assets
1: are you working with? Yeah. Yeah, great question. So I do have some uh, template stuff for the inside sales show um, The most of the website is, is in build and paid for. So that's good. Um, as far as monthly, uh, probably, I don't know, might be about a grand a month Um, in order to make that you know, to make that happen. Looking to go, you know, I guess, you know, as fast as a $1,000 gets me, which isn't probably isn't real fast. Okay.
4: And what would you say? I love your red glasses. I'm picking up on the red
1: uh, theme there. Like what what makes you special and unique that you would say? Hmm. Yeah, what makes me special and unique? So first I, I think a lot of times uh, it's my it's my weird background. So I delivered email by hand in the Navy, I've been in sales, I've been in tech, I've been in marketing, and I've been in leadership. So I kind of understand multi-disciplines. Often that makes me unique. And mm. frankly, you know, my energy to give to my clients, and I'm I'm a strong cheerleader, right? I I really uh, if I believe in someone, I am able to transfer that energy and create some great activation energy, get people moving forward. Um, and with that, right, the credibility that's said, uh, like, I don't just, I don't work with everybody, right? Like I said, not everybody's for me, but those that are, I can really help them execute fast. Because I do have a ton of, I have a big network. Interestingly enough, I've not met any of the three of you. I know Jeff, huh. but that's surprising. And, and I say that, right? because there's a lot of people that I know and with that, a lot of people through like a Jeff that I know I could know. So, uh, and I'm, I'm, I always try to give value first. Um, I think that's also a unique trait. Um, a lot of folks say that, but I mean, really if I like you and I trust you, I will introduce you to my network. And if I don't, I probably won't even jump on a call with you, right? So, um, yeah. I
0: think those are the, some of the things partial question yeah and 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 let me just chime in on phil's behalf here as well because i've known phil for a number of years at this point and i would say phil has a number of things going for him in the space of being someone who's like a salesperson like in the world of sales phil is an, an immensely approachable person who not only is easy to talk to about it but doesn't give you like that hard nose sales nonsense it's like it he makes it very very attainable and within reach when you talk to him about the world of sales he's talking about processes he's talking about you know 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 relationships and he's talking about things that are very very natural to i think a lot of people to grasp and wrap their heads around i think phil also has an interesting knack uh you mentioned his red glasses and i think that that's kind of an exemplary trait of phil that he's a very distinctive individual and i think that plays to his his advantage that he doesn't like, it's not like Phil's trying to be unique and different and, and remarkable, like someone worthy of being remarked upon. It's just that his way of carrying himself and interacting with and, and his mm-hmm. style and everything like that makes him a memorable kind of person. So I think that that's another thing. Um, and, and then I think again, to the, to the point of approachability and within reach Phil's kind of entire thing is really about making this, like knowing that, not everybody had like he's very uh, transparent about like graphics aren't his thing. Right. But he also knows that sales isn't everybody's thing. Like he mentioned like agency owners, they might be really good at a thing, but they're not, but he makes it not so far out of reach. that it's like, you actually can get there and I can help you build the system or I can step in and provide it for you. So I, I think those are some of the things that just in my experience of Phil are to his advantage, like the understanding of that intersection of marketing and sales and then all of the things that I just mentioned.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so, okay. So Parshall did, do, do you think we adequately cover that section?
4: Um, I know like, well, do you have like a
1: VA or anything like that? That you're working with as well? Or <laughs> I'd love to have you? a VA that's, that's on the list, right? So absolutely. Okay. That's definitely on the list of things. If I think about kind of three needs that I have, right. It would be someone to help me stay organized it would be someone that could do graphics and probably someone who can, who can cut video up really well. Uh, Cause those are not, not my strengths. I'm often an idea guy and an action guy. I often run off and just do stuff because I think it'll work more than because I'm having a plan, which is why I love you guys, right? Cause you're going to help me actually create a plan that I execute towards. Cause I make them for everybody else. I just don't make them for me, right? I mean, I I am wearing shoes today, which is rare. I live in Florida, right? But sure. uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm one of those cobblers who does you know, I don't have shoes and uh, I make sure everybody else does.
0: <laughs> got it. In, in terms of like the various categories of content. So we've got like video, yeah. audio, written content, design. It sounds like design isn't the thing that you like to video. It seems like you're very comfortable recording, like getting yeah. on video, but not necessarily editing. Podcast, yep. same thing. Great with recording. Yep. I'm not sure if you like editing. And then what about writing? Where do you fall on the, the spectrum of like liking or to write or not?
1: Um, so I I like to write. Um, I've written, I don't know, 3,000, 3,500 articles. Um, I've written five books. So writing is okay with me. Um, I would say uh, my my biggest challenge with that sometimes is, I write with less authority than I speak. Sometimes I'm a little apologetic in my writing, than authoritative. And I think that can be a challenge as a, you know, Jeff, my approachability is both my biggest, uh, wonderful thing as well as my biggest challenge, right? Cause it comes across as, oh my gosh and by golly, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's sure as hell not true. I absolutely know what I'm doing. I just don't like to say, this is the only way because I don't believe that's true, hmm. right? That's often my challenge when I write stuff is, um, I, you know, I read some of these headlines and I'm like, yeah, I can't make that promise. I don't believe anybody can, right? I mean, a thousand leads in a month. No, what's a lead, right? That's BS, that's not true. So that's my only chant like, Inner, inner wise, that's my conflict with writing. That's, uh, but you know, on video, um, especially if I'm talking with someone, I have no problem telling you exactly how I've done it or exactly how I believe you could do it. Uh, I just don't say you must do it this way, and and because I, I just find that rings really hollow, and not and it's not true. It's not true. There is no one path to success. I get it that focus is follow one course until successful. I get that. That is absolutely true. But the what's the one course? I'll give you a course. I'll give you the course that's worked for me. I'll give you a course you know that I've worked with clients on. But I can't say that this is the only course, right? I'm not willing to say that.
2: Got it, Jeff? Do you mind yeah. if I ask, ask a quick clarifying question on that one? Of course, Tim. You can always jump in. Thank you.
0: Uh, Even though I'm like hosting, like <sighs> full permission as a council member to just jump
2: in. So, um, Phil. What would you, What are? What are? Do you think are some of the characteristics that people like about working with you specifically? Um, your past clients, anyways.
1: Yeah. So uh, one, we we you know when they do the work, they absolutely get results. And by that, I mean you know I'm able to work with them to push them to get them to be uncomfortable so that they work and and get the results. I think second, I'm super responsive, super approachable, super willing to risk you know to be talked to. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not schlocking hours here. Hmm. I'm really, you know, we're going to work. Now, that being said, right, like one-on-one access is parceled out only because I can't spend eight hours on the phone with everybody. But with that, you have a question, right? I'm able to respond. And then I think third is that I'm super resourceful. So clients have said, right, I, I have access. Uh, I understand tools really well and I can actually make them connect them. I'm not like, I've got 800 phones, on, 800 apps on my phone, but I can tell you, Okay, you say, well, what do you you use for Apple video with captions? And I'll tell you that Apple Clips is my jam, right? And I can show you exactly how to use that. So I have the resource and I'm, you know, a teacher at heart. So I'm able to teach you actually how to use that in your business. Instead of just saying, yeah, go get this app. If we spend some time together, right, uh, all my clients say, wow, like that, you actually showed me how to use that app in my business, as opposed Mm -hmm. to there's 67 apps that you need uh, you know, your favorite 67 apps. So I think uh, those are probably the the big three things. And then frankly, you know, uh, my, my, again, my, my energy, my positivity, it's usually, it helps you believe in yourself even more. And my clients have said, wow, like sometimes you believed in me before I believed in me. And that's because I see their future, right? I see where they could be. And I'm able to then impart that in a clean mm-hmm. way. And, and, and like in a clear path, because most of us, have more inside us than we believe, and I, and I believe that. I mean, I do too, right? I think we all do. I think we often need a coach, a teacher, a mentor, a you know, like the legend of Beggar Vance, right? We need a beggar to really help us see those tough shots that they're not really so tough. They might just take two strokes, right? If you if you read, I mean, Steve Stephen Pressfield wrote that. You know, he wrote the screenplay of that in the book. I mean, if you read the book, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I, you know, how I strive mm-hmm. to be for my folks
2: and just one more quick uh you mentioned earlier that there's um there you don't work with everybody so um could you just like tell me a little bit about like who you won't work with and who who do you think works with you really well
1: yeah so so people that that i won't work with are people that are flaky that just doesn't help right i mean if you if if you're more than 10 minutes late for a meeting and i because i get it life happens same with me right but if you're 10 minutes late and then you message me, hey, I'm going to be ten minutes late. No, you already were ten minutes late, so it's probably not going to work out. And that typically shows up in delivery. So people that are flaky, right, that can't keep their commitments, um, people who you know who say that you know that their commitments are important to them, and then they break them. Those people uh, I ch- I'm challenged by, and those that won't admit that they need help. Those people they're just not a great fit for me. So if we flip that over, right, people are honest, people are open people are vulnerable people are willing to do the work people who you know admit that they don't they can't do everything themselves that they don't know everything yet you know that the the gap between what they what they don't know and what they think they know is not super huge i mean i get mm-hmm. it right like i th- i probably think i know more than i really do i think most of us do but it can't be like a 50x multiplier and you know like nothing you have this amazing self image that is completely bs so, folks like that um, probably aren't a great fit for me, Tim. Cool, thank
0: you. Sure. Um, let's dig a little deeper into that audience and look at some of the other things. Like, are there are there any like job titles or types of like you said, agency owners and consultants? Would they typically mm-hmm. identify themselves as consultant or founder or owner, or, or yeah, could it be, yeah. Could it be- could it be somebody inside of an agency that wouldn't be owner or founder? Could it, you know, would it be potentially any other roles in the company? And 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 are we limiting it to just agencies and consultants? So kind of paint the picture for us of like, you know, uh, who, who the people are that we're trying to get in touch with and get in front of.
1: Um, well, I think, you know, agencies and consultants probably have the most in common with me. I have the most relevancy with them, um, which is why I pick them, right? I, I understand their world uh, very well. Cause I've done that. Um, and that's why I picked that as far as who else in an agency, Jeff, that's a really good question. You know, maybe a strong number two, who's maybe looking to become the partner in the firm might be someone that might be really good. Um, it, you know, as far as a consultancy goes again, uh, not a one person consultancy, but you know, a few person, you know, two, two, five people, right. That are looking for some repeatability, some scalability in their business to help them uh, with that kind of messy middle, again, if there's, I, w- I would say there's probably seven steps in a in a process that goes from who the heck are you, to yes we're in business together, right? Like I'm your partner, and I'll refer you business. And then there's five in the middle there um, that often need the help. So someone, so an agency that might be stuck in there, that might you know maybe their proposals are shabby or too long. Uh, someone who maybe they have, uh, because they're so afraid of having a hard qualifying thing that maybe their intake form is too long, or maybe it's too short because they don't want to count anybody out. I mean, I hate to be like, you know, like, uh, you know, the three little bears here, but really, it's got to be just right. I mean, you, you, there's a balance. How much do you ask for? How much do you qualify up front? Do you disqualify? How do you do that? Um, those are tough conversations that you have to have, and how do you move upstream, right? How do you move from two, you know, from two thousand to three thousand, to five thousand, to ten thousand, to fifty thousand, to hundred thousand? I mean, how do you do that? Do you do that? Is that even something you want to do, right? Maybe you want more time. You know, what getting at the root of what do you really want? Uh, but a lot of times that's the owner, right, or the second in command. Uh, that's your question, Jeff.
0: Yeah. And I love that you said that also, just because I, I've been beating the drum for disqualifying sales leads for several years now. I, I love saying no to someone. Um, It's one of my favorite things to do because it's such an empowering thing to be able to say, like you're not the right fit for me. And like that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that I know I won't be able to deliver my best work. And I know you won't be happy because we're just not going to be the best fit. So I love that that's a part of the way that you're looking at this, and I also love that you're you're clear on who's not a good fit. It's one of the things that I also think is really important is to understand who is the good fit. But I think at the same time you have to understand who's also not a good fit, and sometimes they're kind of on the opposite sides of the circle from one another. But but sometimes it's like they're it's not like they're they're binary, right? Like people who are late. And, and you don't get along with them versus people who are early and you get along with them. Like sometimes it's like, there's this whole group of things that like, it's just not going to work, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the opposite of it is, is the characteristic you're looking for. It's just, that doesn't work. So I appreciate the, the spelled all of those things out. Mm. Um, guy, uh, council members, fellow council members, anything else that any of you want to dig on about the the audience and who we're trying to reach?
4: Yeah. I had one more question. Well, not about the audience, um, or anything a, else. Another- yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this is my last question. It was about your your time. How much time are you currently spending on doing your content? Is it something that you're looking uh. to go more into? invest more time or say like i'm already tight on time like what do i have to work with what are your where are you at yeah and just
0: to that point also real quick phil that partial it's such a good point i was also i think that as you were saying that the other thing i was thinking is how much time do you want to spend on it in addition to like what you're doing now yeah. to, to kind of piggyback on that is like do you want to spend an hour on your content or do you want to like really dig into this and blitz it for like a couple of weeks like hey you know actually
1: that's another question that i'll save for later yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I guess with a good plan, I'm, I'm willing to go more, right? Um, I, I look at my day as a 10 hour day, right? I got two hours doing kind of email and administrivia. I've got two hours, uh, two to four hours of client work that needs to get done. I've got two hours of prospecting and then probably two hours of content time. Um, with a plan, right? I think I can do that pretty effectively and I can make that happen, which is why I'm really jacked to be with you all today. Um, because I, I I do I write fast, I think fast, um, I talk fast. I know that I can go from kind of, oh, here's an idea to here's a and and I'm ready to push play, right? like i'm I'm not a perfectionist. I'm ready to push something out that's you know seventy five or eighty percent baked um and get feedback on it and make it even better. That's the other thing. Um that's one of the reasons why I love video is because you know people ask questions, well, now it really it either crystallizes my idea, or it completely fogs it up, and it's like, wow, I was sure not clear with that one. Um, so um, even if I watch it myself, right, which is often the hardest thing that any of us do, is watching ourselves on video. It's it's helpful, right? Because if it doesn't make sense to me, how is it going to ever make sense to you, Parshall, Right, that's my challenge. So I'm uh So yeah. So to, long story, two hours. Um, I think a day would probably be a, about the most that I that I have to invest in that. If it needed to go more. I'd probably have to do it off hours, because frankly, people don't answer the phone at nine at night. So um, that would be a, you know, that'd be a a content pocket that I could probably take after my five-year-old goes to bed. Got
0: it. Council members, any? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I muted myself because I had some background noise. Um, So, council members, are there any other questions that you want to ask Phil before we? uh, move to kind of taking all this, collecting it together and, and transforming it. I'm ready. Um, okay. I'm going to ask one more question before we go. And that's, you, you sort of touched on it, but you said you, you'd put about two hours a day when you create content or when you really do anything, do you find that you're more of a slow and steady wins the race or more of like a, let me binge and get this out of the way sort of person?
1: I'm probably more of a binger. I could probably write three articles in two hours, at least enough that it would be there, right? I could write probably one strong article and probably three stubs that could do something with, um, yeah, more than, more than I am, um, anything else.
0: Okay, cool. Good. That's actually super helpful for, um, some of the ideas I had. Um, sure. okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to recap here, um, just to kind of like level set everyone, um, so goals, let's start with the goals. So so I, I have a, a belief that basically any good strategy starts with four different pieces. Uh, that's goals, timeline, resources, and people. Um, resources includes your budget. It's gonna include like, you know, are you good at video? are you good at writing? Uh, do you have a VA, all those sorts of like what are your, you know your people, your talents, your money? that falls in resources and then people falls into like people in your organization and people you're trying to reach in your audience and things like that. So for goals, you're trying to basically find yourself an audience of say a hundred, uh, agency owners and consultants that can become part of a community for you where you're trying to establish relationships with them, provide value for them, get closer to them in hopes that when you release your next, Phase of the business where you have a a paid offering to invite them into that you've already got them ready to go. You're looking to accomplish in the next 90 days getting these 100 people into that community. Uh, You are relatively good at producing videos, though not as much on the editing side. You can do the podcasting thing. You're totally comfortable with writing and you prefer to stay away from graphic design. You've got about a thousand bucks a month that you're willing to put into it. And from an audience perspective, you're looking for people who um, are open and vulnerable and willing to concede that they don't know everything and who are in the agency owner uh, or maybe agency number two and consultant type of roles where they're looking for a repeatable process where if they have already something maybe that's working, they're looking for how can they scale that and repeat that. And if they don't have a system that's working, How can they uh, identify a system that's going to work so that they can filter out the wrong people, bring in the right people? Did I miss anything there? Cool. Um, We We got about two hours a day to devote to it and you're more comfortable with binging than you are with kind of slow and steady wins the race. Okay, so... We're gonna move into some brainstorming. Uh, so the way that we're gonna do it from this point forward is we're gonna do a little bit of brainstorm. We're gonna go around. Uh, each of the council members is gonna give you a couple of thoughts on ideas and uh, things that they may have thought of that could be useful for you. And then uh, at the end, what we'll try and do is kind of collect up some of those that you really liked. And then uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Sarah and Parshel to talk a little bit about putting those things into action and actually having a plan around getting this stuff done. So I'm gonna start with my ideas and I'll give the other council members a little bit of time just start collecting their ideas and putting them down. Um, so I, I picked out something that you said, where you said teaching is my jam, and. Anytime I hear that from someone, I think, great, this is an educator. This is someone who likes teaching. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. But the thing that jumps out to me, especially if you're looking to bring people in and kind of generate leads, for lack of a better term, you know, get them into a community, is I would consider doing regular webinars. And if not webinars, then live video, at least, and putting them behind some sort of a wall where people have to uh, give you an email address to get in or maybe join your community to get into them. Um, I think the idea is that on the other side of that webinar is that you're going to have a full curriculum around potentially what's going to level up to the paid program of a full curriculum around sales. Maybe you touch on process, individual, you know, uh, solo business owner type practices or agents, you know, sales for agency owners, uh, scaling a two person operation, whatever you decide to do. Um, having some sort of a full curriculum—that's kind of what's being teased there. You bring people in through a series of webinars, standard format—you know, 45 minutes of content, maybe a you know a little bit of an intro there about you, a little bit about a methodology, and then you touch on one particular thing. I would probably encourage you know either three topics that you repeat uh, four times a year, so basically you can do it kind of quarterly. You do the three topics and you do them you know once you know every every three months, I guess it is, or four months, uh, you do those three topics, or you could do six topics, and then you just do them twice. Um, So that would be the first idea is to try and get people onto a list doing a series of different webinars. This isn't groundbreaking out of the world stuff that I'm offering here, but it's a pretty straightforward one. The one that I'm a little bit more excited about that I thought of is um, I've often and I love the fact that you're a podcaster, we've done podcasts together. And I know you're super comfortable there. I'm curious if you've ever looked at your pod, because the the podcast mm-hmm. that I've done with you and that I've seen with you, it, I think this comes back to the Phil as a really nice guy and maybe not being aggressive enough with asking for the sale. Have you ever thought of your podcast as a business development channel itself? And what I would suggest is potentially creating a YouTube channel or a YouTube show called something like On Repeat which is a show where you invite agency owners and consultants on who are struggling with creating a repeatable process to scale their business and their their business development function. So what you're doing is very similar to what we're doing here, where you're actually live coaching them on the show about how to get over the hump of whatever this repeatability problem is. And the thing is, is that you can just do that. And it shows the people that are your target audience that you know what you're talking about. On the other hand, at the end of the show, as soon as you, you know, click end stream, or you're done, you have an opportunity to say, Hey, that was a lot of fun. Are you interested in talking a little bit more about this, it actually leads you right into a business development conversation. So it's doing... A show with the audience that you're trying to reach in the first place one so that the, the audience you're trying to reach sees oh this guy talks to people like me you're solving a problem that they may be dealing with so boom this guy is a solution i may need and three you're inviting the exact people on who may become actual leads so even if your show only gets 15 downloads per episode you may have an opportunity to turn those 15 people that are watching into one or two leads But more importantly, the one person that joins your show as a guest may become an actual client. So I think that that might be a really good place for you to go uh, is considering that and you're comfortable on video. And if it's live, there's no video editing to deal with. And and maybe you you get somebody who will put together a cover image for each of your episodes, but you release as a podcast, you release as a video, kind of similar to what we're doing here with Heroic Council, um, similar kind of thing. So I'm going to pause on those just two ideas and give the other council members a chance to jump in. I'm going to turn it over to Parshall next.
4: All right. Those are awesome, Jeff. Good ideas for sure. Thanks. Definitely. I mean, uh, and Phil, you're, you're doing podcasting right now and my thinking in terms of a strategy was really built upon your relatability as a person and then how, once you're sharing the content, how it can be shareable and um, easy to distribute. So one of the things that came to mind was in your interviews, whether it's uh, well on the podcast or if you're being interviewed, um, you can pull out snippets from that. But since it's your show, I want to encourage you to think a little bit more since you are so skilled in writing to think ahead of questions that you'll ask during your interview that are already going to be search worthy, if that makes sense. So you as the interviewer on your podcast can already think really detailed about the questions that you want to ask things that if you were to see it on a little snippet with the title and subtitles, for example, that it would be something that stands out that's not being talked about or what have you, so um, I would encourage you to do that from the content being distributed and. um, uh, being found really easily as well and being shareable and. The second idea that I had, and I'm not sure if you're doing this already as a strategy, but since teaching is your, is your thing, mine is too, um, I'm taking the challenge too to jump in and connect and collaborate with other group leaders. So there's a huge resource, uh, resources available in terms of um, uh, things that are being shared in groups and a lot of the group owners that you know, already have uh, those agency owners would love to collaborate with you and bring you in just to teach and so that is a form of you know content production if you will especially if you just turn the camera on or your audio recorder anything while you're having those conversations as well because that's you know again more content for you so those are a couple ideas that came to mind and um that i think would be useful so
1: yeah those are great yeah jeff yours too those are those are really thoughtful thank you both and i'll bring it to tim
2: again phil Um, I'm kind of going to echo a lot of what Parshel and Jeff said, Um, and I just, uh, first of all, um, I think uh, it sounds like you're already making long-form content. Um, I would definitely recommend um, uh, getting a system in place, like a, a templated system in place where you can, like, cut those into shorter pieces. Um and uh, uh, specifically because like I'm probably not going to listen to a long form piece of content of somebody that I'm not already familiar with and then I'm already not a bought into how they do things and then I don't know that oh I'm gonna get a lot of value from sitting down and listening to an hour podcast here so you know usually like, what would happen for me is'll i I'll see like a smaller like it maybe a uh, a Three-minute to ten-minute clip of something, and I'll get sold on that. And then every time, like they pop up in one of my like content feed channels for their longer-form thing, I'm more likely to sit down and listen to that piece in particular. Um, the other thing I think is just to consider as you're moving forward is like in the same sense when you talk about like who's right for you and who's not. There's also kind of like a little bit of a um, who's speaking your language and who's not, you know, more or less in the sense that like, there are probably a lot of people, there are definitely a lot of people who talk about sales, but there are a, a certain kinds of people who are going to hear what you have to say about sales and the way you talk about it, and they're gonna connect with that specifically. You know, so um, so that's why like, once again, just to kind of, this is just more echoing what Jeff and Parshell said, like I think video is gonna be really important for you in particular. Um, and I just wanna put a little disclaimer there. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I don't typically read like, uh, like blogs that people publish on LinkedIn. I do read, but usually not in that space. I'm just more likely to con- like, like consume video and, and graphics and stuff like that. Um, and the last thing I want to say, like, I think if you do invest some money into, um, content creation, I think maybe, uh, and, and there are a few different ways that you could do this. And um, but like, I think really like, Building, helping somebody build easy systems that are um, that you can like do like brainlessly, and you can really be focusing on what's in the content versus like. All the other things that go into editing and stuff like that. Like, I don't think you need any like super high fidelity, like like crazy graphics or anything like that in general right now. Like maybe when if you start like making a lot more money and you want to put more investment into that kind of thing, it'd probably be worth it at that point. But at the moment, getting somebody to help you build a system that works for you and and that that you can be consistent with, I think, I think that's gonna be the most important thing. Cool. Oh, thank you, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and Tim you inspired a couple other ideas for me, but I'm going to I'm going to turn it over to Sarah first, but I want to come back after Sarah. I have a few ideas that were just inspired by what you said, Tim. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, sounds good. So I took a little bit of a different approach, Phil, and I was thinking more about your some of your top of the funnel sales initiatives, and thinking about um, how you can generate leads and help get you the right kind of people, because that's what you were talking about. You know, who's the right kind of person? What experiences have they had before? And this is also coming from a non-sales salesperson. I I don't. I never really liked sales. I was a chief marketing officer and I was sold to poorly all the time and it really kind of irked me. (laughs) So I try to think about ways that I I didn't mind being sold to. Um, One of the ideas I have is a quiz, uh, which you could have some fun with. There's uh, uh, apps you can use called Typeform, you know, different things where you could do a quiz on what type of salesperson are you? And that could help you determine... um, who you, who you can work with, They can. it's kind of fun for them. Oh, I'm a person who's terrified of sales. I'm a person or an organization who loves sales. Um, I'm far along on my sales process. I have a sales process. I don't have a sales process. So I think you can think creatively about some of those um, questions. And quizzes are usually fun, great for social media. Um, and then the results of the quiz could really showcase some of your different offerings. I'm new to sales. I'm just getting the lay of the land. Great, download my you know free ebook, or I'm ready to have a coach. I have a sales process. I'm ready to make it repeatable. I want to work with a coach. Um, the other things I thought of were uh, sales scripts. So just having you know, download my my free sales script uh, for this type of call or that type of call, and again, that's great for social media. Um, And maybe 10 tips for the non-sale salesperson. You know, things that those people can do that'll make them feel comfortable. You know, asking for a close can be really intimidating, but maybe you have some scripts or tips uh, for people that just really are resisting asking for the sale. Um, and then the other thing I thought of, I know this is more than one or two, but that's what, that's what I do. Um, doing an, an audit of their sales process, you know, letting, letting companies open up to you and, and showing them this is what I've done. And then you could make recommendations right on the spot. So those were, those are some of my ideas.
0: Oh Oh. God, I I love that so much. So the audit Mm -hmm. is like, that is so clutch you could do two different types of audit right you can actually have an audit that people buy from you for say like i don't know fifteen hundred two thousand dollars whatever it is right i don't know i don't know what you charge whatever you charge for it sales audit right and you can say or you can get it for completely free i'll do a a, a sales audit light but you have to come on my show and let me do it in mm. front of everyone like show your work right so like oh i can't afford that great Come on my show and I'll do it for free. You just got to let me break it down. And that way you filter out the people that might not be the right clients because they can't afford you or whatever. And you still get good content out of it. So that might be a really good, that's a really good idea, Sarah. I'm like super into the audit idea. Um, all right. So a couple other things that I had and then other council members, if, if you have additional ideas coming out of this, feel free also after me to like jump in and add more. But um, I I was, um, I, I thought that what Tim was talking about was, great. And it made me think that one thing that might really work well for you is, um, to have like an ongoing video. What, what stuck out for me was that Tim said that your way of talking about it may be different than other people. Right? So my thought process is: well, how do you communicate that? How do you make sure that people know that the way you do sales is different than other people? And I think one of the best ways you could do that is create a, a series of short videos, that different that are like brand videos, basically, to talk about your brand of sales, your brand of sales training, your, Brailses, your brand of sales process b- development, and things like that. And it gets your personality to come through and your perspective. And what you do is you create like three to five of them, and you run them as ads. Yeah on social networks because you said you had a little bit of a budget you take 500 bucks a month you run video ads on social media you're going to get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of views every month so you just put it on autopilot you put those videos on you let people see them and then later on what you can do And this is, again, we're going to be building a little bit of a funnel here. You run a remarketing campaign against people that have watched more than 50% of that video. So now you've got people that have watched a little bit about your brand of, of sales. They were interested enough to watch past the half point. You remarket to them and maybe you bring them back to your website to read a long form blog post and maybe that could have sales scripts or maybe it could have any number of other different ideas like this. Maybe you do a long form video where it's just you in front of a whiteboard and you map out how to build a scalable repeatable sales process for a particular agency, right? And you do it in like 10 minutes, right? You say in 10 minutes, I'm going to completely redo this agency's repeatable sales process. Let's go. And you just turn on the camera and you whiteboard it out, right? So then... What you can do is you can then, if you wanted to, you could remark to people who have visited that page, or maybe you do a webinar page or the lead magnet page and you remark to people who do that. And then you bring them to the conversion point of like, hey, join my group or my mastermind or like upgrade and get a sales audit or whatever. So you can begin to tie in a lot of these things that we've been talking about here with a full funnel kind of remarketing campaign. So you've got your content that says, here's who I am, here's what makes me different at the awareness stage get into consideration. Here's what makes me different, how I can help you if you need it. This defines who you are and how I'd be able to help. And the conversion point is the take action point. So I think uh, uh, one one um, thing I would tell you to go and look at, because I think he does it particularly well. And I think if you were to do something similar, but in your Phil Gerbyshack style, I think it would be primo. Um, Orin Claff, who wrote the book, Pitch Anything, has got Really fantastic videos on LinkedIn. I'm a huge, I'm like a major Oren Claff fanboy. Um, just love what he does. loves Loves his books, the whole thing. But he does these sort of like you know, six minute videos where he's like, here's the part in the pitch that everybody screws up. I'm going to show you how to not screw it up. And then he goes into it. And then like a week later, he'll be like, here's how to tell a good story in a pitch and, you know, how to lose the pitch tune in. Right. And then like every one of his videos are like frameworks and simple, easy kind of things, but he doesn't give you the whole picture. He invites you into his like pitch mastery class, Mm -hmm. which is very, very smart. Um, So giving people a little bit of that intrigue, I think that's why you would do well with like webinars and short form videos. Uh, like that, and I think again, ads would be a really great way to predictably get in front of people who are in that space. You know, people who are who are um, um the, what's the what's the ad uh, association that everybody's a part of. Anyway, like, there's like ads. Can, can
2: I actually like just throw in one more little little yeah. to that too? Um, and I, I would also say like like, and I know you already like alluded to the fact that that you you really want to give value. Like, don't I? I really wouldn't hesitate to like. Like just show them everything, you know, you know what I mean? Like, because like at the end of the day, like I, 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 if I watch something from somebody and they're like throwing like a ton of great value with me, like, even if it feels like, like they're, they're giving it all, like I, I really want to talk to them and I want them to talk about my business. You know what I mean? So like, I want to get into that consulting with medium with me to talk about me, you know? even like, even though you're throwing like everything out there in your content, like at the end of the day, if I see you and I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. I want him to talk about me. So don't, don't, don't be afraid to, to really leave it all out there.
0: Yeah. I think think people tend to, when, when you like put it all out there, I think people tend to think, Holy crap, that's what they're giving away for free. Imagine if I paid this person, right? Like imagine what they're holding back, but the secret is you just don't hold anything back.
3: I think one one real key to that is that you can give and and share what it is. This is how to do the sales process. These are the scripts, but it still needs that personal coaching and the personal time with you to know how to do it and how to apply it to my business. I am a lifelong learner. I listen to podcasts every day, but often I'm still going, wait, how do I actually do this for my business? So, you know, I think, yeah, don't be shy to share what, but, people are still gonna need your help in, in how to actually implement that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Cool. All right. So we've, we've laid out a bunch of different ideas here. Um, you know, council members, you can see almost all of them. I think we all put our notes in, in our shared space here. Um, I want to turn it over to Sarah and Parshall to talk just a little bit before we wrap up. Um, you know, we're coming close to time. We got about five more minutes where we can talk about how to actually put this plan into action for you, Phil. So I'm going to turn it over to Sarah and let her kind of take that away
3: sure um so phil one of the things i see a lot i'm a productivity coach is that people get all these ideas they they're like i'm ready and then you know, the workday sets in tomorrow and you're going, right. And a year has gone by and you haven't implemented any of these ideas. So we don't want that to happen for you today. Um, So one of the things, and I think it's great that you're already doing it is you're blocking out time on your calendar to actually work on those things. So that's obviously huge, but what can happen is, you know, are you spending time to produce the content? And then are you spending time to publish and promote the content. So thinking about those Ps of produce, publish, promote. Um, and often I think people produce great content, but they're not promoting it enough or 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 getting it in front of the right people. And so we're we're producing and we're producing and more blogs and more content. But No one's seeing them. And so I think, you know, make sure that you've got a good balance going of production and promotion and really spending even more time promoting some of that content that you already have, obviously. um, And as you create this new content, my other recommendation is that you um, are are not trying to do all of these things at once like these are great ideas and i want to go make some of these ideas happen for you like i'm i'm jazzed about this stuff but what happens is If you sit down tomorrow and try to tackle all of them, you're not going to accomplish any of them. So thinking through, you know, what's the what's got the most ROI for you right now and prioritizing these, put these in priority order and then tackle one of them from start to finish, like complete one of them all the way through so that it's actually really working for you instead of starting one of the other ideas. Cause if you got 10 mediocre things running, none of them will work. But if you knock one of these out of the park, I think that's going to just set you up for success, like right out of the gate. So uh, one thing at a time, making sure you've got that time on your calendar um, and then don't forget to promote it. So that's, those are my uh, quick tips.
1: Awesome.
4: Yeah. Um, Some quick tips that I would share too is um, I think when it comes to creating content, like eventually i think eventually if you start to find your flow and i think that for you there's a lot of different i think in the initial beginning you're going to just be like you know like sarah saying kind of getting your hands into some things right um but eventually you're going to arrive at a place where you know that it's working because it feels amazing and leads are coming in so i would also encourage you to put on this like inner navigation of like this feels really good because i'm helping the most people um and it seems easy Um, So I encourage you to find that flow and find whether whatever rhythm works for you, because there are a lot of ways to approach content and keep it managed and keep it uh, consistent. But I also want to encourage you to uh, find your rhythm, find your flow. So that way, you know, every every opportunity um, that you have when you're when your mouth is opening about sales is somehow right it's a return for you in that because the camera's on it's been captured and you can always be in that flow so i think that that's like for me that for me personally that's ultimately where i want to arrive with all my efforts and content is eventually find that place where it's just it's done with ease and it just happens um yeah
1: cool yeah Yeah, flow rocks (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the better you can kind of identify how you can kickstart flow and how, like, what are the conditions you need to create flow? That's super helpful. Uh, you, when I asked you that question earlier about, are you a binger or a, a slow and steady wins the race? Uh, I too am a binger. Uh, I cannot create anything slow and steady wins. It's just not how I operate. So I would encourage you if that's how you work, um, Start to set up all of your pieces in advance. Think about what are all my topics, what are all the things I want to do, and then take a day or two off and just blast it all out. Just blitz the whole thing, get it done. Because then after that, you're in a process where you have your assets and now you get to really focus on the promotion of it. So I would strongly encourage that. And to that point, one of the things that I know I have a habit of doing, and from the sound of the number of podcasts and initiatives you have, I suspect you may do this too. I take on too many things. I have way too many projects. I have way too many different ideas for shows. I got I had three ideas for shows like in the last over the weekend. So like I, it's just a problem. So you, to kind of the point that Sarah's making you really have to prioritize around what's going to make the biggest impact and I I know how painful it is to like take something off of your task list and be like, I will not get to you because you are not a priority. It's like, it's, it just feels so painful to do, but um, it does matter. And and it will definitely help you. So um, one
3: quick word of encouragement yeah. there is you're saying, I'll see you later. You're not saying goodbye. It's not that that idea goes away off the shelf forever. So I think that's one thing that people get really held up on. If you say, later, it doesn't mean you're saying no to that idea. You're just saying, I'm going to get these done. And then maybe in a month or two, I'm going to get to these other ideas. So it doesn't go away.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. So,
0: so Phil, any closing words before we, uh, before we pivot and and close out the show for today?
1: Wow. Thank you. That's my closing word for y'all. That's super helpful. Um, I look forward to reviewing this um, really, really great stuff. I, I love. So many of the ideas, I can take one from each of you and look at that and, and work on that and and it's approachable, right? I I think that's uh, you know inaccessible, which is super important and probably the most helpful thing is that it, it while it is a lot, it feels doable and that's awesome. So y'all speak my language. So thank you for that.
0: Awesome. awesome. Well, I think a lot of us are are in many ways in the same boat and we're cut from the same cloth of like, you know, we're out here hustling, making our things happen, self-employed, you know, know what it's like to operate on, you know, less resources than like a mega corporation has. So, you know, we're all hustlers here. We're, you know, and and I think those constraints force us to be creative and try and find ways of doing things that are within reach and that, um, you know, that they can get the job done So uh, before we go Before we end the show One thing we like to do Is we always like to have This little segment called Like what are you into right now And it's basically a thing Where we you know We talk to different council members And ask for one thing That you've been like Totally obsessed with Over the last week Or the last few weeks um, We we typically do it With the different council members But today Phil I want to turn the spotlight on you And you said you have 800 different apps on your phone I know you're constantly Looking at new stuff You always have Some kick ass frames Going on on your face So I know that you are Seeing the cool stuff That's happening happening out in the world. What are you into right now?
1: Well, you know, I I think the biggest thing that I'm into is the power of of transcription, right? I mean, everything that I do, if it's audio or video or whatever, I like to transcribe because I actually like to read it. And I'm into single tasking instead of multitasking, which is really kind of weird. I have a remarkable tablet that I do my best to write on because it doesn't have any notifications, doesn't have any alerts. It is just pure writing and pure thinking. And when I'm in the moment, I can be present, right? And and so that's the big thing that I'm into now. I love my remarkable tablet, it's charging. Um, it is fabulous. So single tasking, so I guess that that's my thing, right? Dave Crenshaw's book on the myth of multitasking really kind of changed my brain a little bit. And I'm actually giving a program in a couple of weeks where I'll talk about that, um, about productivity. So that's kind of what my brain has got, uh, got cooking. That's what's new. And maybe I guess, um, you know with that stepping back from a lot of the social media channels jeff i haven't played on clubhouse at all i'm not i I consume a ton on instagram i enjoy seeing uh the cool stuff people are doing but i'm not really much of of a producer myself i'm really trying to focus on you know someone mentioned linkedin before that's that's where my magic happens um i try to humanize linkedin because it's hard for a lot of people to humanize that because they're so busy to your point promote, promote. No, no, just just talk about what you're doing. Just like share some stuff, ask a question, be interested in other people, get off your butt and go talk to other people. So my mission is, you know, I try to invest uh, at two cents at a time, right? I try to invest 50 cents a week. So that's 25 comments on other people's posts to try to invest in those relationships because that's a lot of fun, but that's singly, singularly focused time that I can't do anything else.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for joining us, Phil. You were an awesome guest. Thanks for being a good sport and letting us put you through the ringer Uh, to my fellow council members, man. I love y'all. You are great. You're also smart and good looking people. Uh, And for those of you watching or listening, we appreciate your ears. We appreciate your eyes and we hope that you come back and lend your eyes and lend your ears to us once more and maybe many more times. Uh, Give us a rating and review on iTunes, five stars, please. And uh, tune in next week, Monday at. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard, Eastern Daylight Time for another episode of the Heroic Council. And we will see you back here at another time. Find us on superheroinstitute.org heroic for more information. See you next week.